Welcome to the VoiceOver Family Podcast. Thanks, boys. Hey, I'm Amanda Sellers. And I'm Mike Shurko. We're full-time voice actors with over two decades worth of experience sharing how we went from working our day jobs to building a successful and creative career in the voiceover industry. All while working from home and raising our two boys, Beck and Trace. Let's go have some fun. Oh, yeah. On today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cashman. How are you doing today, Mark? I am doing great, Mike. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Well, we, we tried to do this in person a few weeks back, but unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, but um, I'm just grateful that you're taking this time that we can have a quick chat here. My pleasure. My pleasure. I still have to uh, reattach my XLR cord, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, hopefully it gets remedied remedied quickly. That's okay. It was fun um, having you in the studio. It was fun. We'll have to do it again for sure. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I, I learned a lot. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, how a little light turned on in my head and my mind got blown a little bit. Yes, and, and yes, I learned something yes. Brand that's new, which what is, I love to do. That's something you, you aim to do, right? Yeah. When you teach? Yeah. Oh, that's 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 the whole point. That's the whole premise. If awesome. I'm not, if, if, if you're if I don't see brain spatter uh, uh, <laughs> on, on the walls here, then I haven't done my job. <laughs> that's why you have the nice glass window so you can really see when when that moment happens and can scrape it off easily, too. Yes, yes exactly. Too. Exactly. Well, well, Mark, first off, um, I wanted to, to ask you about how you got into the voiceover industry, if you had a, a pull or a calling or just, you know, uh, a lineup of events that just worked out this way or what happened? How did you get into the voiceover industry? You know, I, I got in, I got in sideways. I wasn't thinking of the voiceover industry when I first started, uh, when I first started doing it, I got into it because I wanted to write and produce commercials, mm. specifically radio commercials. I had heard okay. two, I had heard the work of two people who I absolutely just they were my heroes uh stan freeberg and dick orkin and for those okay. uh, those uh, of uh those out there who are my age and older are gonna are gonna know who stan freeberg and dick orkin are for those who've never heard of stan freeberg and dick orkin look them up on google and and you'll find that they were the they were the grandfather and and father of modern funny humorous radio and radio commercials specifically. And when I heard these two guys and I heard their work, I said, that is what I wanted to do. And so when I came out to Los Angeles to do it, because that was, as far as I was concerned, the only place where you could do it, I started writing and casting and producing and started working with voice actors. I didn't realize that I, I mean, I knew that, that there were voice actors in the commercials, but when I thought about writing and producing, I just, the, the voiceover part of it was something that I didn't really fully understand. Oh. But I started working with some top, top voiceover talent uh, who, uh, in Los Angeles. And very soon after I started writing and producing, a number of my clients would say, we'd like you to voice this. We'd like you to be the voice of this, our product. Uh-huh. And I originally said, oh, no, I, I'm not... I'm not a voice actor. I've, I don't purport to be a voice actor. All these people I'm working with, they are much better than I am. They're more seasoned. They're, they're pros. And they mm-hmm. said, oh, no, 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 no. We want you. And I realized wow. I had to step up to the plate really, really quickly. So hmm. I joined. It, it was just timing. I joined probably one of the first voiceover workout groups ever 
from the very beginning. Established? Now, ever established, wow. absolutely. This was in the early 80s, the early okay. 80s. So we're talking about 35 years, easy. And this is a group that met once a week. And I was in this group for six years. Six mm. years. That's a long time. Every week for six years. And I was a newbie. I was the youngest member of the group. And they, and, and I just worked out with them for every week for six years and really, did, really developed my chops there. Did you join them because you, no problem, did you join them because you had the opportunity to voice more? Yes. Or was it just um, yes. over time they maybe suggested? Yeah, no, I, I, I was just getting more and more opportunities to voice and, and I wanted to know what I was doing and, and joining this group that really, really informed me. So what do you do in a workout group then? Well, you know, workout groups now, Mike, are ubiquitous. I mean, are, you could join a workout group tomorrow. There are workout groups in virtually every major city, and you can join them live in person, or you could join them virtually. But mm. but workout groups are just exactly what they are. What they are, in other words, workout groups are just what they say they are. You work out. Everybody brings scripts they spend two to three hours in the studio or at least, you know, uh, online and everybody performs and the rest of the group crit critiques that performance. Ah, cool. Well, I've, I've never been a part of a workout group, but I have heard of that. So um, that's good to know, um, you know, having some peer review feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. Especially working from home. When you're self-directing, it's right. nice to have some live feedback if you're not necessarily on a, on a live call. It's always, 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 look, the best actors never stop learning. And, right. and so uh, the, the working out with your peers, it's just like going to the gym and working out with your, with your gym buddies. You know, mm -hmm. in other words, you, you work out with your gym buddy, what do they do when you're doing weights? They spot you. That's right. basically what you got in the workout group, uh, voiceover mm -hmm. workout group. They spot you. Very cool. So once you got into this and you spent some time in the workout groups and you're doing more and more voiceover, did you manage to kind of establish yourself in a genre or a type of work that you were seeing lots? Or no. do you have a favorite genre today that you work in? Oh, uh, no, not really. Um, I, I'm very, very lucky. I, I, I'm uh, Every day is pretty different and eclectic. And so I'm you're going from, you know, commercials to um, narration to uh, 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 promos to audiobooks to animation or video games. So every every day is different. And and um, and I'm really, really lucky that that uh, that I have the opportunity to dabble in all of them. Well, it keeps things interesting, right? This is a really interesting career where, you, you know, if you're self-employed, you, you never really know where the work is going to come from per, per se. That's right. You know, and then, and go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I'm lucky in, in the fact that I, I wear a number, I, I wear at least four different hats. One is writing and producing and casting commercials. That's something that I've done for now going on 40 years. So that's, that's continuous. That's ongoing. The other is teaching, um, <clears throat> which is great because I've got my in-studio classes in, in Burbank. I've got my online classes and, and then one-on-one -on -one coaching that I'm doing with, that I do with the actors all over the world. Um, I get to work, which is great as, as a, as a performer. Um, I'm, getting close to about my 200th audiobook so I do a lot wow. of that and um, and then again just just as jobs come up whether it's again video games audiobooks um, commercials uh, narration anything 
Um, so I'm, I've got my talent hat on and, and then, and I'm a writer. I've got my, my book out there and I'm working on my sequel. And, right. um, oh, when's that going to come out? Well, Do you know yet? I'd love to, I'd, I'd really like to say by the end of the year, but I have <laughs> just, just trying to just, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a slog. So it's, 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 right. it's a lot of work and. But I'm but I'm working on it. I've got I've got a sequel, and um, and technically the fifth hat is is uh, public speaking, and so I, okay. I um, I'm presenting um, or teaching master classes at conventions or conferences and and things like that. So among those five things, I've got every day is different, which is great. Yeah, um, to speak on audiobooks a bit. I don't have that much experience in the in that area. Is there anything you could tell me about getting into uh, like the audiobook narration or like are there trainers you should go with? Is there websites you can start auditioning or like how would I get into it today? Well, it, it, I mean, first of all, there are there are a number of uh, a great um uh, teachers out there who specialize in audiobook narration and 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 uh, and training and instruction. I'm one of them, but there are many many other fantastic audiobook um, uh, instructors out there. And and audiobooks are is the only part of publishing uh, that's on the increase, that's on the rise. Um, hmm. There are fewer and fewer books being sold, and but there are more and more uh, CDs and uh, downloads, uh, audiobook downloads, than ever. Audiobooks are <clears throat> it's the only growth in, growth part of uh, publishing. Wow! And um, and there's a huge, huge call out there for audiobooks. And when people think audiobooks, that's not necessarily character work. It's not necessarily all fiction. There's a right. lot. There's a ton of nonfiction audiobook work out there. That, that's really necessary. The cool thing is that people can go on ACX, A-C-X, that's a branch of Audible, and audition for an audiobook tomorrow. Wow. Providing they've got a, a, a decent setup. They have to have at least, you know, a home studio that's, that's uh, quiet enough to, well record an audiobook but if you've got a if you've got a decent setup you and you're interested in audiobook narration you could go on acx and literally audition well not even tomorrow today is it a paid site where you have to get a membership no, or a no subscription? that's just it that's it is really? not paid whatsoever it's it's absolutely free you don't have hmm. to pay anything you um you, you you just go online and you see what auditions are out there and uh, what they're looking for and there are two ways to uh, to be paid uh, through your audiobook work. One is by the hour, by the finished hour, what they call P um, uh, P F H per finished hour. So okay. you're paid X amount per finished hour after, in other words, after all the editing is done. Then there's another uh, method of payment to the, the, on ACX called royalty royalty share. Royalty share is basically you get 50% of all the proceeds for every book sold. Wow. And, and that's indefinitely. That could be for a lifetime. That's exactly right. For as long as that book is sold. Wow. So, so you have two options of, uh, of payment for your, for your work. And um, there, there are literally thousands of books out there waiting to be narrated. Wow. Well, that's, that's interesting. Be um, a really cool avenue of, that I haven't explored. That I I would definitely, obviously, train with with a professional first, like yourself, just to see, kind of um, you know, it's different from commercial work. It's different from oh, it's completely uh, narration. 
Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I, my analogy is simple. If, if a 30-second spot is like a 50-yard dash and a 60-second spot is like a 100-yard dash, an audiobook is a 26.2-mile marathon. Right. Well, to um, to go on the auditioning uh, aspect of things, do you find yourself uh, today auditioning for much work, or do you just you have such a large um, collection of clients that just continue sending you recurring work? Like, how many auditions would you do in a in a regular day or week? Oh, it just depends because I've got multiple agents. I have more than one agent, so so. Every virtually every day, one of those agents or sometimes many of them send me an audition just as an audition. In other words, I'm represented by their agency. So these are auditions coming up for different projects, whether they're commercials, uh, corporate narrations, uh, animation, uh, video game, whatever the case may be. Um, then every so often, every so often, um, I'll be doing some auditions or be doing work for some of my clients. I prefer... I prefer to not insinuate myself in projects that I'm working on. Okay, what do you mean? As a producer. In other words, okay. I, I prefer to, if, if a project's coming up, um, and, I, and, and I think that, that um, if I think that my voice is going to be appropriate, I'll throw my hat into the ring. But if I right. don't, I never insinuate myself. I just cast uh, other people and bring them in and direct them and okay and and, and that's it so um i can i and plus i can be much more objective about their voice than mine and their performance right. than mine right so yeah so on a day-to-day -day basis i'm i'm auditioning something for someone somewhere and um and as always uh, after i do it i forget it i literally just yeah. forget about it so a couple months later when somebody calls and say hey remember that audition you did for da 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 and i say no <laughs> I nope. really don't. I don't remember it at all. It doesn't matter. It's okay. That's that's good because then um, you know you can send out all those fishing lines and just walk away from them and see if anything catches. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, again, I, I I'll do it, throw it out there, and forget about it, and just move on to something else. And and that's that's it. You, you know, and you miss one bus, you catch another. Right. Now, Amanda and I have had some chats about uh, slating. Do you have any any um, oh. any thoughts about slating your auditions, um, whether it's appropriate or well? Not the thing bother? is, is that if if you have an agent, if you have an agent, if you have representation, your agent will tell you whether or not to slate, or if okay. it's or if it's an independent, and they'll not only tell you whether or not to slate, they'll tell you how to slate. And they'll tell okay. you where to slate. They'll tell you whether to slate in the beginning or the end. They'll tell you how to slate. Uh, this is uh, uh, Mark Cashman for ABC Advertising, uh, for ABC Talent, or for ABC Talent, this is Mark Cashman. They tell you how to slate and where to slate, beginning or the end. I always remind people that if they're doing two takes, if they're doing two takes on a particular thing, to let the listener know up front that they're going to be doing two takes. Because if you don't, so they know what to expect. Well, if they, if you don't, if if you just said this is Mike Shurko, and they listen to your take, if you had a second take, they wouldn't listen to it because they think that you were done by the end of the first one. Right. So if you say this is Mike Shurko, two takes, they'll anticipate a second take. Hmm, that makes sense. So that's that's my only uh, a tip for 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 slating. Um, Again, mo virtual uh, some and some agencies or some uh, uh, production companies say don't slate. We don't want you to slate anything. And they'll mm. say specifically, do not slate. But basically what you do is you put your name in the file, in the sound file. 
so they know who you are just from the label of the sound file, but they do not want you to slate. Some do, some don't. So what about for like online casting sites? Would you, is it the same kind of deal where they'll tell you if they want to slate or not? That's right. They'll tell you. And if it says nothing, what would you do? If it says nothing, then definitely you're going to put the name of the product or service and your name on the file. If you okay. don't if you don't slate on the actual recording, at least your name's going to be on the file. Right. I've actually had situations where um, a client has found me um, because of my slate. You know, like they were unable to find me other ways, but uh-huh. they, right. they heard my name and then they Googled my name, found my website and contacted me. That's fantastic. So I can I can attest to that being a very you know, important aspect as long as they're not, you know, not requesting, like requesting you not to say it. That's right. It's definitely a good idea. Yes. Okay. So to, to change gears a little bit, um, I, I've had the pleasure of working with you multiple times uh, on, on a coaching uh, kind of dynamic. I'm curious uh, when you got into teaching and what kind of inspired you to become a teacher? I decided to be the teacher I never had. And I look... I think we've talked about that. We discussed this when you came up uh, uh, to work with me. How many teachers that you've had over your lifetime that you can, that, that had an impact on you. And when you add up all the teachers, if you went to elementary school, junior high school, high school, if you went to four years of college and possibly two years afterwards for your graduate degree, how many years is that? Well, that's basically, it's 12 years of school, Actually, 13, because you got kindergarten. Then you got right, four right. years of, of college. So 13, four, that's 17. Let's say two years of graduate school. So at 19, so approximately 19 years of education. How many teachers you've had over 19 years? It's a lot of teachers. Yeah, you had mm-hmm. six or seven teachers in elementary school, but then you had a whole bunch of them in junior high and high school and a whole bunch more in college and a whole bunch more in graduate school. When you add them all up, you're looking at about 100, approximately 100 teachers that you've wow. had over the course of your education life lifespan there. Out of those 100 teachers, how many can you count that had an impact on you? I can count only two for me. Most people can count on less than one hand how many teachers had a real impact on you. And so I wanted to be the teacher that I never had. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted, and I wanted to be like the, those two teachers who inspired me. That was, my, that was my goal when I went into teaching. And when I went into teaching, I, I initially I, didn't, I, didn't, I was reluctant to go into teaching uh, because... Um, I had been writing and producing commercials for about 20 years, and, and a number of people said, why aren't you teaching? I said, well, I, look, there are, in L.A., there are at least 90 to 100 teachers just in L.A. alone who are teaching mm-hmm. voiceover. Uh, how, what, what am I going to bring to the picture? And they pointed out that the overwhelming majority of those people were voiceover actors, voice actors, who were teaching other voice actors. And they said, but you're more than just a voice actor. You're a writer, you're a director, you're a producer, <clears throat> you're a casting director. So mm-hmm. you, you're, you're bringing, you've got all this other knowledge to bring to the table that nobody else has. And then that's when I, you know, that's the light bulb went off for me. And, and then I said, oh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So that I started, I started teaching about 20 years ago. Uh, this is, again, this is my wow. 20th year of teaching. And, um, and I can't believe that I'm as passionate, if not more passionate about it now than I was when I first started, which is very, very mm-hmm. cool. And um, so I, uh, that's, yeah. so that's, that's what inspired me. 
It lets you know you're in the right career when you when you get more and more excited about helping other people and yeah, especially in the industry that you've you know spent so much time in. It it could be easy to get tired of it and just be like, you know what, I just want to do something different. But with, with you, you wanting, wanting to, to spend more time in it and helping others in it, yeah, that yeah. obviously is a good sign that you, you're doing something that's right up your alley, that's perfect for you. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's it's just a natural it's a natural fit. And I, and the cool thing is is that I get to work with that entire spectrum, beginners all the way to veterans. I work with people who've been doing this 30, 40 years, easy. Wow. And and I have just as much fun uh, with the with them as as I have with the beginners. And they're learning hmm. just as much as the beginners are. Well, can I ask you a question then? Um, between the beginners, the intermediates, and the experts, may- maybe more skewed toward the beginners, do you see any any like fundamental uh, flaws or errors that these voice actors are making that immediately, you know, like, okay, you're new, here's how to fix that. Everyone does it, here's how to fix that. Yeah. Is there anything that's come up like that? Well, it's, you know, it's everybody learns differently. And everybody brings a different amount of experience to voice acting. So you, on one hand, I work with stage actors and on-camera actors who are trying to transition into voiceover. I work with people who don't have any acting training whatsoever, but they've got a lot of music background. And they're singers, for instance, and they're trying to transition into voiceover. I work with a lot of people who are instructors or presenters and and they're trying to break into voiceover. I work with a lot of people who are on-air personalities, radio and TV, and they're trying to break into voiceover. And then I work with people who have no experience whatsoever in any of those areas, but but all their lives they've heard, wow, you've got a great voice. Are you in voiceover? Uh. And they're trying to break into voiceover. So I get to work with people from all stripes, from all areas, with all uh, no experience or a ton of experience. And everybody brings something different to the table. So the mistakes that, 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 that people make, um, that's, that's going to happen to anybody and everybody. Uh, it's like, again, just learning an instrument. That's right. basically what you're doing. You're learning an instrument. You might think, well, I, this instrument is my voice. I speak with my voice all day long. Yes, you do. You speak, you talk, but you don't read. You don't act. That's a whole other ball game. That's a whole other horse that you're riding there. So um, it's not so much that people uh, make mistakes per se. Uh, people are just learning the ropes. And and um, like anything, as you're learning something, you're not you're you're not going to get it right the first time and be an expert. You're not a phenom. You're not a genius. You're 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 working like everybody else is working and learning like everybody else is learning. So the, in terms of making mistakes, the training is the place where you're supposed to make mistakes, where you're supposed to crash and burn, where it's okay right. to, to, mm-hmm. to make mistakes when you're in a coaching or class situation. That's the place to make your mistakes and get them and, and then work on your strengths and enhance them. And if you have weaknesses, try to diminish or eliminate them so that you are a, 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 a competitive performer. Well, even at our last session, and I've been doing this for for quite a while now, for several years, um, you you caught me doing more of a voiceover versus voice acting. Yes, and and there was a bit of a disconnect between you know the, bringing the copy to life where it didn't sound like it was just read 
um, someone reading. Absolutely. And that's basically, that's, that's what I, I, I make a distinction between voiceover and voice acting. Voiceover, I always say, is 2.9% financing for 60 months on all vehicles in stock. That doesn't require a lot of acting. Yes, it does require you to be articulate. Yes, it does require you to be able to read copy or cold if necessary. Uh, it, it, there, there's a lot going on in just that little phrase because that's the, that is announcing, right. but it's not acting. And, and, and I primarily work on voice acting rather than voice over and try to make that distinction and, and basically try to ele- elevate uh, people's performances so that it sounds like, well, that they're not reading. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a big distinction between a professional and an amateur. Of course, absolutely. And again, it only comes with training. Right. You know, you, you've heard you've heard many many musicians who s- some are good, some are great, and some are unbelievably phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so each you know artist brings their own expertise and interpretation to 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 what they do and people forget also that that voiceover is show business it's an anonymous side of show business but it's still mm-hmm. show business and right. so, so there's, a, there's a ton of competition out there a ton of competition so you've got to, you've got to have all your your ducks in a row you've got to have all your skills honed and sharpened and and um, and be competing against a lot of other extraordinarily talented people. That's uh, that's a really good note. And I'm, I'm just looking back here in my notes here. You had mentioned that uh, you had been doing some online classes, and I was going to ask you, like, what what kind of new and exciting uh, events are coming up in your life, in your career? And and I think you mentioned something about online classes. Can you tell me, speak on that a bit? Oh, yeah. I started, I what's cool is I started, I had my in-studio classes in Burbank, California, <clears throat> which I still do. Uh, for a number of years, or a good fifteen years or so, and but a number of people were once they and when when I would send out um, an email saying I've got classes coming up, a lot of people would write, "I don't live in L.A., but I'd love to attend a class. How can I do that?" So I realized, ah, uh, I got to start classes online. And so about five years ago, I started doing my classes online. And so now I'm working with people all over the country, all over the world, actually. I've got students in South Africa, in New Zealand, in in London, in Tokyo, and just far flung places all over the all over the world, which is still amazes me. It is. It's incredible. And um, so I I so I've got my in studio classes, my online classes, and then um, once I started my online classes. Oh, that was the other thing. When I first started my in studio classes, I always invited people to audit my class so they could see what they were getting into if they if this is something that they wanted to do they were flies on the wall right so you're present but not participating exactly exactly and they would i would obviously i would give them all the materials that everybody had so they could follow along but they were flies on the wall and they saw how everything went well a number of people Hmm. said boy i'd love to audit your class but i don't live in la and that's why this year this is the the coolest thing because each uh, each year i try to each year I try to change it up. Each year I try to do something new and different and bring something new and different to the table and, and, and just shake it up a little bit. And, and, and um, so this year I was able to, I installed a couple of HD cameras in my studio in Burbank. And now when I've got my in-studio classes, you can audit one of those as well. 
no matter where you wow. are in the world. My online classes, they're easy to audit. They're online. So you just go, you know, we do it via Zoom and you just, uh, you just, you know, click in and, and, and you're right there and you can audit a class online very easily. But my in-studio classes, again, it was difficult to audit un- online until I installed my HD cameras in the, in the, uh, in the studio. So now ah. you can audit a class no matter where you are. And, um, so that was a kind of, that was a new thing. I really liked that. And what other projects I mentioned, uh, my book, my sequel, I'm working on my sequel. My original book right. was called V O V hyphen O H exclamation point. And, uh-huh. um, and I, th- th- that's, that was a fun, fun thing to do. A, a, a lot of work, but fun. And, uh, but I'm working on the sequel now. And hopefully nice. I'm going to get that out by the end of the year. I'm also working on the audiobook version of my first book, and I want to get that out by the end of the year. So that's that's a whole other project performed by you, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I th- I figured I would uh, I would uh, uh, narrate my own book. Uh, uh, nice. What the heck, you know? <laughs> it, uh, it's right up your alley. It's uh, right. it, yeah, and plus I I'm very good friends with the author. I've known the author all my life. It turns out. And you know the content pretty well, and the, I guess. the content's very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect match. You know what's really funny is is as you're narrating your own book, you you you'll see a sentence, and you and you say, you know, I could have written that sentence better, and you're and you're tempted to re- rewrite the sentence right there, ah, right, and and, and <laughs> right. make it better, but yeah. but then I'm not hewing to the book. You know, so you gotta um, stick to the book. Right? I know I got to stick to the book. Yeah, and then smack yourself a couple times after. Yeah, stop that one. <laughs> Well, um, before we end it here, I want to ask you two kind of uplifting, encouraging uh, questions here at the end. I just wanted to ask you if there's a a way for our listeners to contact you for for training or information or anything like that, or for the classes, if there's a best way to get in touch with you. The best way to get in touch with me is to email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cashmancommercials.com, C-A-S-H-M-A-N, commercials, plural, Dot com. You can email me anytime and I'll get back to you with any information, answer any questions that you might have. If you want information about the classes and stuff like that, just go to my website, cashmancommercials.com. There's a ton of information on there. There's an embarrassing amount of information about me. If you Google my name, make sure it's M-A-R-C. I heard just a couple of weeks ago, somebody said that there's a guy named M-A-R-K who's got an arrest record. That's not me. Oh, no. I just want to let you know. <laughs> right. Just to clarify. Just to clarify. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's a ton of information out there on me. There's, I've done interviews and stuff like that. So you can, you can, you know, get a, if, if you want to, I strongly suggest anybody who's thinking of doing any kind of training to research the people you're thinking of working with. Mm-hmm. and do some due diligence and find out about them and, and see what they've done and see what they've accomplished and listen to them if they've done interviews and see if their, if, if, if their teaching style um, uh, is, is something that's going to be a match for you. And right. inspiring. We go back to the teachers there. Are they inspiring? Mm-hmm. I don't expect to be a match for everyone, everybody. Right. I really don't. But that's why I want people to, if they're thinking of training, Go out there and, and, and do due diligence and do some research and do a little digging before they invest their hard-earned money and time 
into training. Well, I can attest to uh, to your training services. Um, you were quick, you're thorough, and I think every single time we worked together, there was some sort of aha or. Uh, oh, that's. I'll try it that way next time. I always learn something from your lessons. That's great. My job, I always tell my students and prospective students, my job is to find your strengths and enhance them and find your weaknesses and try to diminish or eliminate them. My mm-hmm. job is to give you tools that you'll use for the rest of your career. That's my job. Right. And, um, and usually, um, and oh, here's the coolest thing. I always encourage my students to keep in touch with me. And I've said that from the very beginning. I give them a lifetime warranty. I let them know that they can, uh, after training with me, that they can contact me with any voiceover related questions anytime for the rest of their lives, as long as we both shall live. I still hear from people 20 years ago who I first started working with. And, wow. and they're they're in touch with me all the time, pestering me endlessly. No, I'm only kidding. They're just, <laughs> but but they're still in touch with me and letting me know how they're doing, sending me success stories, and that's that's just music to my ears. When they say, "Guess what? I'm the voice of this," or "I was picked to do that," or um, I, "I'm the lead in in this particular project," I it's it's the best news ever. Well, it's incredible, Mark. So to, to wrap this up here, I'm going to ask you two, two, bits of thing, uh, two bits of information, if you don't mind sharing. Uh, one is, um, if you could offer one piece of encouragement for either new or seasonal voice talent, or seasoned voice talent, uh, what would that be? Just, just as far as voiceover in general, any, any encouraging words that you can share? Learn some, try to learn something new every day. That's okay. the most important thing. Try to learn something new every day. Find somebody who will teach you something new that you can apply. As I Mm -hmm. said earlier, the best actors never stop learning. But if you can learn, I don't know about you, but when I learn something new, just one thing, one new thing, I'm really happy. It's really, Mm -hmm. really cool. If I could learn one, one new thing every day, I'd have 365 new things that I learned throughout the year. And that's a cool thing. So never stop learning keep honing your craft keep getting better and better and and sharpening your skills plus try new things that's another thing that, that that's that's another um uh, thing that i'll throw out there okay try new things if you haven't done stage work but it's something that's always intrigued you audition for a play if you're thinking mm. of doing a if you like to get into singing you don't have to sing solo. You can join a choir or a chorus. Try, just keep on stretching yourself and challenging yourself and doing things that you haven't done before. And it doesn't even have to involve voice work. It can involve other things like roller skating or ice skating or anything that, that, that you haven't done that you've thought of doing. Do it because it will only make you a more rounded person it'll only push and and it push the envelope a little bit for you and and it'll be new experiences that you'll be able to apply to your to your uh, acting and 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 artistry hmm. absolutely always always spreading the boundaries of your of your comfort zone right yeah 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 again yeah. D- just try new things uh, you know it's interesting I like that as we as we uh, as we age uh we 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 perceive time differently uh, because we're not processing things as fast as we used to that's why when we're little time goes very very slowly 
It's endless. And when we're old, when we get older, uh, time just seems more fleeting. It just goes by so much quicker. And that's mainly because we don't experience things as much as we did. We don't experience things as, as many things when we're older than when we're younger. So experiencing new things, particularly as you get older, even more important. Absolutely, because you, you begin to get in your, your patterns and your habits. That's right. And you're just, you're just going through the day. You're not... That's right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. Plus, That's again, as, 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 we age in, as we age, we also, depending upon what we're doing, particularly if we are parents, if we decide to take on a parental role, well, that's a that's a huge job. So mm-hmm. so in addition to having your regular job, you're also a spouse and you're a, a parent. You're also a spouse and you're a parent. So yeah. you've got you're, you're juggling a lot of things. And so not a lot of new experiences are happening because you're juggling all the, the ones that you've got to manage. Right. So, for instance, you know, you going down to Palm Springs with your kids and, and, and your wife and your kids. That's a new experience. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's going to be, again, where you're really, really going to um, uh, appreciate time. And, 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 and again, it's, that's another, that's one last thing, particularly for voice people. Voice people are in a booth. They're in a closet. They're in a tiny little room. They're shut off and cut off from almost everybody else. All other actors, stage actors, on-camera actors, they're surrounded by people. Right. We are isolated. We are completely cut off. So I encourage voice actors, whenever you have the opportunity, get out, get out, take a break, go to the beach, go to the mountains, go to have a picnic, get out and take a break from that tiny little, the tiny little confines of your, of your world. You need the break. You need to get out there. Well, I've, I've heard that, um, I've heard that life happens through relationships, uh-huh. and I, I completely agree. You know, sure you can master what you think is your your space and your world and your booth, but it seems like more can happen, more can generate, more can surprise you when you start interacting with others. Yes, you know, in, in any capacity. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so, one final note here: yeah. What's one thing? One thing you would say to we, Mark Cashman, that just started out in the voiceover industry, even with your years of experience, what's one thing you would tell him today that would kind of set him up for a successful future in voiceover? <laughs> I know. This is deep. Keep your eyes on the prize. If you what's... have a passion, if you have something that you really, really want to do, keep your eyes on the prize. Be like a little terrier on a pant leg. Be persistent and not just stick it out. It's not a matter of sticking out. It's hanging in there. It's hanging in there and keeping your eyes on the prize and doing everything you possibly can to, to do what you want to do. Your goal, your eyes mm-hmm. on the prize. That's, that's that be relentless. Ah, I like that. Relentless. And, and uh, focused. And I can only say this only because, I can, I can look back and I know that when I came to Los Angeles 40 years ago to do what I'm doing, that was my focus. That was my prize. My goal was not to be a wealthy person. That, that, that's crazy. Right. Although some people do that. My goal mm-hmm. was all I wanted to do was have a career doing this and to sustain myself and to support myself and my family comfortably. 
I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't never, I never expected to get wildly rich. All I wanted to do was support myself and my family and, and do this as a career. That was my goal. Fortunately, only because I was absolutely focused and relentless, I'm still doing it. But that's only because I was focused and relentless. Right. That was, that was it. My eyes were on the prize every single day. So that's basically if I could, uh, uh, that's, that's the, that's the, the mantra. That's the, uh, the, um, uh, the life path and, and, and the overarching, uh, uh, underlying, uh, motivation for pretty much anybody who's successful in what they do is they're just focused. Right. It can apply to, to anything that you're trying to accomplish. Anything. It doesn't matter if and and of course, this is all predicated upon one thing that a person finds their passion. Right. Not everybody can do that. I've my my I don't know this for a fact, but my 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 overall perception is about 85 to 90 percent of people in the world do what they have to do for a living. Mm -hmm. And maybe about five or six percent do what they like to do for a living and maybe about three or four percent do what they love to do for a living and so i always wanted to be in that three three to four percent club i always wanted to be in the doing what i love to do for a living because when you when when you're when you love what you're doing then it doesn't become work it's a labor of love right so if you're lucky enough to find your passion pursue that passion pursue your muse keep your eyes on the prize be focused be relentless don't give up and and ignore naysayers there right. are naysayers everywhere, everywhere, every corner, every corner. Now, just keep in mind, I, uh, people say, you know, well, somebody I sent my demo out and, and, and the and the feedback I got was uh, uh, this demo sucks. Well, that's I always say that's one person's opinion. And I always say and that's an opinion. If a whole bunch of opinions are the same, then that's a consensus. That's a different thing. But occasionally right, right. the one person who says, no, you can't do it. No, no, no. Don't listen to them. If this is something that's your passion, stay at it. Keep at it. I know a number of people out there, a lot of people out there who are not super phenoms and, 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 and super talented individuals, but they really loved what they're doing and they worked at it and they, and they, were, they were relentless and they're working. They're working. Mm-hmm. Are they the most talented people in the world? No. I know a, a lot of really talented people who are not working because they were, mm-hmm. they're not relentless. They think, oh, well, I'm talented. The world's going to come to me. No. The world is not going to come to you. The people who are working out there, the people who are relentless. Wow. I'm feeling fired up, Mark. Good. That's my you job. Just fired me up. That's my job. <laughs> that is my job. Thank you, Mike. I'm very, very grateful for your time, Mark. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. Um, hopefully, I'll see you soon in person and or uh, via Skype on some more, you know, maybe some pre-audition training or something like that. I am looking forward to it, Mike, because you were a great, you are a great student and I wish I could clone you. So, so uh, absolutely, you contact me anytime, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Mark, and we'll, we'll talk to you again really soon. You got it. Talk to you soon, Mike. Bye for now. Oh, that it?